2: ever show of all around sports. We're each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend to join the show. The call in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. Well, we're broadcasting live today for the second year in a row from Radio Row here in New Orleans at the Convention Center, down for Super Bowl week. And what a week it's been. Uh, absolutely spectacular. I got in on Sunday. And uh, today is the day to be on Radio Row. Uh, I'm at, here at the Voice America Sports Network table and uh, just surrounded by stars, both the media, entertainment world, and, of course, the football world and the sports world in general. They're just everywhere. Just walking around for about about a half an hour ago, I saw Troy Vincent, Irving Fryer, Aeneas Williams, Mike Pereira, comedian Tracy Morgan, NBC and Pro Football Talks Mike Florio, Cordell Stewart. R. Trell Hawkins, Ted Johnson, Lt. Ladanian Tomlinson, yesterday, Tony Dungy, and on and on and on and on, and Commissioner Roger Goodell, as we speak, is giving his annual state of the NFL address. I'm looking at it on a big screen uh, across the way, and when that ends, probably in the next half hour or so... Uh, Radio Row will absolutely uh, just simply go to the next level. Um, it's the largest contingent of media in NFL history. It's 5,200 credentialed media here for the Super Bowl week. And uh, and it, it looks like they're all here on Radio Row, which is just, just uh, again, the, the epicenter every year on Friday as... Uh, Radio shows from literally around the world, plus TV, are all here, and just uh, interviewing numerous Hall of Famers and numerous players. It's just like I said, uh, everybody who's anybody, I, oh, I'm now looking at Heinz Ward, about three tables over. That's the kind of day it is on Radio Row. So I've had a wonderful week. Uh... NFL player engagement headed by Troy Vincent, former player himself, has the, uh, their first ever booth, uh, here in the Radio Row complex, for lack of a better word. And looking right at it over to my right, where Irving Fryer and ES Williams have been, uh, you know, conducting nonstop interviews, David Tyree, and uh so, as all my loyal listeners know, I've done a lot with uh, NFL player engagement, for the special advertising section story in Bloomberg Business Week last September, so I've been d- attending a lot of their events this week. Tuesday, I was up at Loyola University, where I uh, had the pleasure to write an event, uh, which was... A sports career expo where 500 New Orleans area high school students, um, attended an event, uh, moderated by Aeneas Williams and with, uh, we're able to hear from the likes of Jarvis Green, former New England Patriot, uh, and just a host of other high profile athletes, David Taree, but more importantly, uh, just as importantly, the NFL Director of Officiating, Compliance officer from Tulane. Uh, so it just basically, uh, was an event that told these students that they can have a career in the sports industry without actually being professional athletes. And it was really an enlightening, uplifting and inspirational experience to be with, uh, be around all these kids again, all from the New Orleans area, many of them student athletes. And, uh, again, there was also with it a college fair that they could attend, uh, just literally in the next building over. And there was, uh, 20 or so area colleges from, uh, this region, meaning kind of the southeastern region, Louisiana, what have you, uh, Mississippi and the like, and also some nonprofit organizations. So it was just, again, really, uh... Uh, an uplifting experience and very educational for these students. Additionally, yesterday I attended the NFL's health and safety uh, press conference, which uh, had everyone from, again, Troy Vincent was on that panel, uh, Dr. John York, uh, owner of the 49ers, took time out of his uh, very busy week to, uh, to be on the panel. A uh, number of doctors, Eric Kippel, former Detroit Lions quarterback, all talking about uh, the white-hot topic of the day in sports in general, football in particular, which is obviously concussions. And Jeff Pasch, uh top executive at the NFL, uh, had some very interesting news, which was they're strongly considering having an independent neurologist on the sidelines uh, starting soon, perhaps this year. And uh but all the experts uh, again, medical experts uh, were also on the panel. everybody spoke and just talked about uh how everybody's just simply doing their best and everything humanly possible to try to uh, learn more and more about this vexing topic of concussions and how they can prevent them, everything from uh what goes on on the sidelines right through to engineering with hel- uh, with high-tech helmets was discussed. Large group of media, needless to say, were in, were in attendance for this event. And, uh, again, very informational, and, you know, it, it really ju- just goes beyond football, although football, I think, is really... Uh, Leading the way, uh, Dr. York talked about attending a conference with uh, many of his colleagues, what have you, uh, over in Zurich. And basically, there's 300 million uh, sports participants worldwide who are subject to concussions. 30 million here in the United States. And it is, again, uh, one of the top topics going on right now in the world of sports. And uh, But... Rest assured, it is definitely being uh, being attended to. Other highlights for me uh, have been simply the uh, attending, as I always do, the halftime entertainment press conference, which of course was Beyonce. Uh, that was yesterday afternoon, and that always draws the biggest crowds, and it's been everybody from Madonna to Bruce Springsteen, uh, and you get that nice mix of. Uh, of entertainment media combined with sports media. It always makes for a very, very energized press conference. And so, yeah, it has just been, again, uh, nonstop. I learned one thing when I covered my first Super Bowl four or five years ago, uh, courtesy of NFL media credentialing. And there's so much going on, you just simply can't keep up with it all. So you don't even try. And once you reach that point then life is good. You just, uh, you could clone yourself a dozen times and still not come close to attending all the events that are just available, uh, non-stop. And it's just now starting to get busy, by the way. I mean, I got here Sunday. It's been a busy week, as I just described, but now it gets really, really, really busy. And, uh, so yeah, another big highlight of course i attended media day on tuesday at the superdome always a highlight uh nothing like it um, uh, a circus but you know total access to the players and uh it is just uh for any media member uh high on the bucket list a must attend again uh a cast of thousands were there of course the fans were there they were uh in for the first time last year and there was uh many fans in attendance most wearing saints garb and just high energy uh 49ers ravens and again just total great opportunities to talk with all these people so it was just wonderful there and uh superdome is ready to go that's for sure And just in closing this segment, uh, I would like to say that, you know, the highlight of the week, simply put, uh, the city of New Orleans has bounced back. Uh, I was here before Katrina, here soon after Katrina, and now I'm back and it is absolutely jaw-dropping, uh, the renaissance of this city. Uh, it literally runs, chills up my back, uh see this great American city back operating at absolutely 100% efficiency. Everybody is loving it. It's a walking city, so you can just get everywhere. I had the good fortune of staying with a friend in the French Quarter for the first four days here, and then yesterday moved over to my media hotel, which is nice and close here to Radio Row. I've uh, been walking all over the city, and the weather's been spectacular for the most part. 60s and sunny today and zero humidity and it is just again uh new orleans is back trust me and it's back uh, dare i say better than it ever was and that's saying something because it's certainly always been a fabulous city but uh it is just remarkable the people here are unbelievable they treat you so well and this is a city that is absolutely fully equipped the host Super Bowls, as James Carville said, I went to the New Orleans host committee press conference, and James Carville really just said it perfectly when he, he said that uh, New Orleans doesn't have to do much to get ready for a Super Bowl, or for that matter, any other event, from Final Fours to uh, to whatever, because the imp- infrastructure is just here. This is what they do, and. They're always ready, and so they just take these events, even a Super Bowl week returning for the first time in a little over a decade. Uh, they take this in stride, and they just, again, are so prepared, and it is just, again, inspirational to see this city all the way back, and I feel privileged to be here. And with that said, uh, time for our first break, so we'll be back in... After the break,
1: your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice
3: America Sports.
2: America listeners, welcome back to the second segment of All Around Sports, and to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show, and we often have guests joining us, and online with us is our weekly play next, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post, and Barry, how are you doing today? Fine,
5: John, how are you? Thanks for having me. Once again,
2: I'm doing great, and thank you as always for joining us. And uh, as you well know, I'm down here on Radio Row in New Orleans for the Super Bowl. And uh, Barry, I ended the first segment by just talking about the remarkable, inspirational recovery and renaissance of this city, and it has just been stunning to see how it's come all the way back. And in fact, in my estimation, is maybe. Even a better city than ever, which is uh, which is saying a lot.
5: Yeah, I mean it's, uh, it. It you know, really is. You know, when you think of you know uh, now. Oddly enough, I've never been to New Orleans, and I've always wanted to go. And um, you know, never been to a Super Bowl either, for that matter. But um, you know, just based on you know what you're saying, and based on everything we've read, everything we've heard, and yeah, it's been it's been quite a turnaround. I think Renaissance is the perfect word to use because you know there was a time. After Katrina, when you kind of wondered, you know, how long it would take, you know, if ever, for for that great city to get back to get back on its feet and to get back to where you know it, it always had been, but uh, apparently that has happened, and uh, it, it, it's a great story, and it, it's it's great, great, great for our country, and great for uh great for the Super Bowl. So uh, hats off to everybody, you know, in New Orleans for you know uh, you know putting a great event together, and as uh, you said, uh, you know, through uh, through the words of James Carville, like you know what this is. A, New Orleans is, is, this is what New Orleans does. It's a, it's a, it's a tourism, it's a tourism city, and this is what they do best, and, you know, it's funny, because, uh, I can remember the stories, about the time last year, coming out of, uh, coming out of balance for Super Bowl week, and what a disaster, that was because of the weather, and, you know, logistics, and it was just, uh, you know, just one thing after another, and it's almost like night and day, isn't it? I mean, you, you know better than me, because you were, in, you were in both locations. So, uh, you know, if you look at it that way, it's, uh, you know, certainly both ends of the spectrum right
2: this week is going much better than that week to put it mildly and (laughs) and you really touched on something that uh that says it all which is you know it it literally makes me proud to be an american uh the apartment friend's apartment that i was staying in in the french Quarter, is less than a block from jackson square which is where george bush of course uh made the Famous speech post Katrina that, uh, you know, America was not going to desert New Orleans and in fact would in fact rebuild it. And I've never forgotten that. And I can literally walk out. I've been w- able to walk out all week onto this balcony, look left. We're talking a couple hundred yards, and there's the lights of Jackson Square. And again, it just makes me proud to be an American. You talk about can do attitude. I mean, th- this just takes it to a level in my mind, really never before seen domestically in this country. Um, you know, I've been walking all over the city and seeing all the famous places that I knew pre-Katrina. And then, uh, uh, you know, went out to uh, Loyola University to cover an NFL player engagement event on Tuesday. So I went down what's called St. Charles Street, famous, uh, took a streetcar and it's where the Mannings live that area town the garden district absolutely spectacular uh loyola unbelievable tulane the same gothic looking ivy league looking uh loyola was literally i got out of the, uh I, I got off to go loyola and it, it was just a jaw dropping experience it was you know like pulling in uh, up to harvard mm-hmm. so just so just spectacular again it was really one of the highlights of my trip uh because from Loyola to Tulane for about a 20, 30 block area heading towards downtown New Orleans. Both sides absolute mansions again it's the area where the Mannings live uh, Archie of course raised Peyton, Eli and Cooper there and uh, and the, these antebellum mansions with this incredible you know vegetation and trees palm trees and you know just and the streetcar going right down the middle, nice wide street. And again, just looking left, looking right at all these homes, block after block for about 20, 30 blocks is again, just, just incredible and truly, truly among the highlights of my trip. So it's a beautiful city. That is an area that had some issues as obviously the entire city during Katrina. Again, all the way back it's not just downtown it's not just the french quarter it's not just the convention center not just the superdome which by the way looks fabulous better than ever i was at the patriots uh first super bowl victory over the rams so i saw it before katrina uh, and was there on tuesday and it looks absolutely amazing again better than before what can you say so it is just again looping back to your earlier point it's a testament to the American spirit, seeing the city. It really is.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. and it, 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 It's almost like New Orleans was meant to be a Super Bowl city, right? And I mean, I'm sure, you know, after, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, the attention will turn to, uh, you know, to New York. And, you know, the first Super Bowl played in a, in, a, in a bad weather climate. And, you know, of course, you know, Joe Flacco had some negative things to say about that earlier in the week. But, you know, I'm, I'm quite certain that, that 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 the New York Super Bowl experience will be uh be quite, uh, quite something as well, because again, you, know, you talk about you know cities that uh, you know you talk about a can-do attitude. You talk about cities that know how to put events together. You know, I, I would, I would tend to think that the, the New York area Super Bowl will be a memorable one as well. So um, you know, and like and like we talked about previously, you know, the old weather aspect. Listen, you know, back in the day, they used to play uh, they used to play championship games in, in, in sub sub freezing temperatures with snow and, and bad weather. So you know. The, that, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I think, uh, I think most people will be too. So it'll be, uh, it'll certainly be an interesting watch. But, uh, but that's for, ne- that's, that's conversation for next year. And, you know, the, the, uh, spotlight is, is on New Orleans as, as it deserves to be this week. So, um, you know, kudos to, again, to everybody involved in the process and everybody involved in, in, in the selection and, and the city and the interest and the infrastructure and it's, uh, you know, all counts. Sort of sounds like it's been a, been a terrific week down there.
2: What's well, a huge topic, Barry? New York. I've been talking to a lot of New York media, uh, particularly yesterday, people who live in New York, report it, work in New York like yourself. And, you know, given the temps last week in the Northeast, uh, not this past week, but the week before when, as we both know, it was zero for basically, uh, about eight straight days and probably the coldest week in four years. And, uh, so yeah, everybody's enjoying the moment down here, but in the same light, there's a lot of discussion about new york city next year and just what's it going to be like i think it'll be a new experience and you know i like new experiences but i will also say that new orleans if the if new orleans was just rotated every year between miami and new orleans uh super bowl week i'd be perfectly fine i mean both of those cities these cities are so well equipped to handle this and uh And, you know, New Orleans, in my mind, has just a slight leg up, similar to Indianapolis last year, in that it is an absolute walking city. I did not rent a car. There's absolutely no need for a car whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I stayed in the French Quarter for the first four days. And, by the way, CBS Sports, CBS in general, I mean, news, sports, everything, is headquartered at Jackson Square. So I was able to hear the crowds and everything every night and, you know, for instance, watched Navarro Bowman speak with Bill uh, Simms and Dan Marino on a CBS sports show uh, Monday evening. And then about a block away is a massive ESPN set up, uh, all of their shows, the entire network. And that's on what's called Decatur Street. And I'm sure you're all seeing it on TV. You know, NFL Network has their own setup. So, uh, you know, everywhere you turn now, it's just... Uh, you know, the media and Super Bowl was just really just completely dominating every breath of every person down here. So, uh, so yeah, but again, just back to New York. I, I think everybody is just, uh, really, really curious and, uh, you know, can't wait again, but you know, it'll be different. It'll be interesting. Hopefully the weather holds. Uh, you know, one thing for sure, uh, the game is one thing, but Super Bowl week is another and they will do. Very, very well with uh, hosting Super Bowl week. That's for sure.
5: Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. You know, again, you know, New York is a you know one of, one of the major metropolises in the world. They know how to put an event together, and they know the what it'll take. I mean, obviously, there'll be some you know logistics with you know you, you don't have you know a, a downtown stadium, you don't have you know the the, the, the type of uh, neighborhood I guess atmosphere that New Orleans has. You know, but, you know New Orleans is one of a kind. Location, but you know, I'm sure that that they that they will take everything into consideration uh, in New York and, and make it uh, for
2: a, a great uh, memorable event. I'm, I'm quite certain of that. Yeah, and by the way, one thing I've learned this week that I did not know, but apparently uh, many others did, was uh, you know, and I say this as Roger Goodell's speech has just ended, uh, the State of the NFL, his annual speech, which is always uh, Friday midday Super Bowl week, but that. We all know what happened with Bountygate and, uh, New Orleans, uh, current view of the commissioner. But what I've learned is that Roger Godot, before he came commissioner for the year after Katrina, he became commissioner in 06. So from when Katrina hit through the follow for the year following, he is literally the person most responsible in the entire world for the NFL still being in New Orleans. The recovery, the rebuilding of the Superdome, the Saints not moving to San Antonio. And I just found that fascinating in view of, you know, the current views that some have of him with New Orleans bounty gate. We're all familiar with that story. But again, what's fascinating is, is that, uh, again, he is, he worked tirelessly for a year to keep the Saints in New Orleans and keep up. And, and, That's a story that should be common knowledge in the country. Cause, uh, I, again, I just didn't know that until this week, the depth, uh, and of tirelessly to, uh, to keep the NFL here. So, and, and I think a decade later, you know, six years later, this is the payoff. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know,
5: it'll be kind of hard to, Think of New Orleans as a Super Bowl city if there were no football team there, you know, to call it home. So, uh, uh you know, it, it was, it, it's really something. And, uh, again, you know, like you say, uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, a lot of people think real positive, positively about Roger Goodell in, uh, in New Orleans. But, uh, like you said, the, the, this it's, uh, that kind of cast a little bit, uh, a little bit new light on it, doesn't it? So, uh, yes. Did yeah. You know that? And I'll go it upward. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, again, it's just wonderful. I, you know, don't know if you knew that story. I, I didn't. And uh, I did again, not you know, there, there's, you know, it's getting a lot of discussion this week. And again, but it's not, I think if it was you known, I wouldn't have heard it before this week. But again, that was, that was his baby for a year, period. And obviously he was successful. And we, you know, you fast forward to Bounty Gate and we all know where that all stands. Uh, so, and there's Bill Romanowski just walked. Uh, about four tables away from me, so it looks like he's about to sit down and do an interview. Uh, so with that said, I'll close this segment. And Barry, you know, I'm down here in a bit of a vacuum. Granted, uh, I'm here at the Super Bowl, but again, there's so, so much, much going, going on. I, I I really need, you know, I want to get some outside perspective uh, on just, you know, the teams, as it were, and, and uh, you know, how the 49ers and Ravens are shaping up because really uh, you just can't take it all in. It's humanly impossible. So we'll touch on that on the other side, Barry. And with that said, time for our break. And Barry sticking around for us on the other side.
0: Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports.
3: Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune into Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
2: Where's America, listeners? Welcome back to Segment 3 all-around sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still with us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, thanks for sticking around, and now it's time to uh, talk a, a little football. Uh, as I said, it's tough to keep up with everything here. Uh You know, importantly, the, uh, the two teams, uh, obviously the big news down here, and you can get perspective, uh, is that the Ravens changed their practice facility. So I know that's generated a lot of buzz. Uh, people take that stuff personally down here, you might say. Barry, uh, what have you been hearing about, uh, what kind of buzz has the Ravens switching practice facilities been generating?
5: None. <laughs> really? <laughs> honest, okay. But, uh, that's why I'm asking. It's a huge story that, in New Orleans. That's not, not going to flip it off in New York. I mean, to be honest, the, 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 you know, there's been a lot of talk in New York about, uh, about A-Rod and that whole situation. That's kind of been been the, the, the big thing in New York, but, you know, that's another story for another time. Um, honestly, no, I mean, it's all been about, you know, the Harbaugh brothers. It's all been about Ray Lewis. It's all been about, you know, to, to me, one of the big stories uh, this week is, you know, uh, it was, you know, during, you know, last year during the season, there was all this talk about, you know, is Eli Manning elite, an elite quarterback? And there was, there was a, a radio interview that he had done early in the season that, you know, that kind of, you know, you know and that was kind of the talk all season. Now I feel like, you know, that question is being asked about Joe Flacco. Is he an elite quarterback? Well, I mean, if, if you, if, if it's actually historic, if you look at some of the numbers that Flacco has put up this season, I mean, I think if he have to, if it, it, it really is amazing when you think about it, right? I mean, he's in, in his postseason games. He's thrown eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Okay, and if he throws three touchdown passes in the Super Bowl, he will equal the record of 11 set by Joe Montana. Okay, no quarterback in Super Bowl history or in NFL playoff history, for that matter, has ever played four four games uh, without throwing. An interception. That has never happened. So, uh, there's a really good chance that could happen this year. He's likely to be the first. If he does not throw a pick, he'll be the first to do that. And just uh, the numbers he's put up have, have really been amazing. But, you know, I, I really think, you know, how, you kind of go back and forth with this game, right? Because you know, the, the, the Niners defense has been so good all year and, you know, those, and the races have really come together at the right time. Um, I, I, I really, it's it's going to be a close game. You know, I don't think it's going to be a shootout by any means. Um, I think defense is a the today, and you know, Joe Flacco has had this amazing run. But I I, I think the Niners' defense is just too good, and I I, I I have a hard time seeing that happen again. I really uh, happening again. I really do. I, I think the Niners' defense you know will step up. It's going to be a, a not not really a real low-scoring game. I'm thinking, like, you know, 23-20, something like that. You know, we, we might even see – I might even go on a limb and say maybe we might see the first overtime in Super Bowl history. That's something that's never happened. So that would be pretty cool if that were the case. But I, I, I don't see any team running away with it. Of course, you know, we've seen uh, – you know, we've been surprised before. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I think I like the Niners.
2: So with that said uh... – We'll go to our break and Barry, I know you're looking forward to uh, sticking around on the other side. So we'll be back in after the break.
1: Your internet flagship station
0: for sports, Voice of America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback
1: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
2: Where's America listeners.
6: Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports live from Radio Row in the New Orleans Convention Center here for Super Bowl week. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at net. And still on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And, uh, Barry, we're, after discussing New Orleans heavily, we're finally discussing the game a little bit, and, uh, What's the mood up in the Northeast? Uh, people thinking Ravens, Niners. Uh, what, what have you been hearing, and what's the New York Post been, uh, been writing about?
5: Well, I mean, it's uh, most of the talk has been about, about the Harbor brothers. Obviously, it's been all, all week everywhere. Uh, a lot of Ray Lewis talk, you know, with this deer antler spray nonsense. Um, uh, you know, Will Colin Kaepernick, you know, step it up one more time. Um you know, here's here's something interesting. I'm going to throw some names at you, you can, and you tell me what these guys have in common. Book Gilliam, Phil Sims, Dan Pastorini, and Tony Banks. Wow, what would you what would you say those guys have in common? Just in the, just for if they ever got to a Super Bowl. All right. Well, here's all four of them were uh, were starting quarterbacks that got hurt, only to see their backups go on to win Super Bowls. Uh, uh, Joe Gilliam, believe it or not. Was the quarterback uh, before Super Bowl Nine with the Steelers before Terry yep. Bradshaw got the job, and then of course won the Super Bowl? Uh, Phil Sims got hurt, uh, gave way to Jeff Hostetler. They won Super Bowl Twenty Five. You had Sam uh, Dan Pastorini, who was the quarterback of the Raiders. He got hurt before Super Bowl Fifteen. Jim Pluckett went on to win that game, and then Tony Banks, the the, the famous Tony Banks, uh, the Ravens quarterback in Super Bowl Thirty uh, Five, their last and their only Super Bowl victory, their only time there. When they beat the Giants and Trent Dilfer took control, so um, Kaepernick's in in pretty good company there. Um, Think about the Niners for a second. This is their fifth. there's their uh, sixth Super Bowl. They've won all five Super Bowls they've been in. Okay. Um, Kaepernick has just been terrific. He really has been. Has. Uh, And you know, it's funny. He's had nine starts, which is the third fewest prior. Uh, to, to go into a Super Bowl. Jeff Hostetler had six starts, uh, when he went to Super Bowl 25, as we just mentioned. So, you know, there, there, there is some history there. But, you know, here's the thing about Joe Flacco. I mean, if you remember last year, you know, there was a lot of talk during the season about, you know, is Eli Manning an elite quarterback? And of course he went on to win the Super Bowl and you, know, you kind of put him into that discussion. Now, I think this year, the guy that everybody's talking about with, with that question is Joe Flacco I and mean, he has just been Magnificent. I mean, think about this. He was he threw. Uh, he thrown eight touchdowns without a pick in the postseason, and and nobody has ever gone through a go through four rounds of the playoffs without throwing a pick toward a Super Bowl. It's just it's just amazing, really. And you know, this, this, you can kind of make the case that this is his time because all eyes are going to be on him. But I really I really think you, know, you, you kind of go back and forth with this, right? I mean, I don't really see it as a as a big scoring game. I kind of see it as kind of an offensive struggle. I mean, the Niners are so great defensively, and the Ravens have been really good defensively as well. So, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe 23-20 Niners. I'm going to go Niners, late field goal, maybe even overtime. Maybe seeing the first overtime in, in uh, Super Bowl history. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I fully expect to be, I, I think it's going to be one of the better Super Bowls. I really do. It has the has potential of being an instant classic. I really do. Uh,
6: yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know,
5: uh, at media day,
6: by far, the person with the biggest crowd around him for both teams was Colin Kaepernick, far and away. Close uh, second, Ray Lewis. But, uh, you, you know, even that was a significant gap between uh, the numbers around Kaepernick and the numbers around Ray. And, uh yeah, he he really is an amazing story. I mean, 10 of 10 NFL games under his belt. And here we are with uh you know, with him in the Super Bowl and uh, you know, I couldn't be more impressed with what he's done so far. I watched him go up, you know, 31 to 3 in Fox Pro in person. Uh we all watched him go down 17 to nothing in Atlanta uh, you know, against the Patriots. The uh, the Niners gave up that lead. Patriots came back to time before the Niners, uh, finally won. But then obviously they stormed back against Atlanta. So, you know, Kaepernick's just been in the middle of all this for good and for bad. But, you know, bottom line with me, he's never played in the Super Bowl and he's never, uh, experienced a week. Like he's experienced. I mean, he is the star of stars in New Orleans. He is what people are talking about down here. It's not Joe Flacco. It's not, you know, the greatest, uh, you know, greatest road warrior postseason in NFL history for a quarterback. Flacco's won the most ever road playoff games in NFL history. It's a stunning fact. But it's all about Kaepernick, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it.
5: Yeah, and it really is, and, 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 he's shown to have the goods, he really has. I mean, you know, get back to the Ravens for a second, I mean, we've been saying this through the whole postseason, right? I mean, it, I mean, if it's possible for a team to fly under the radar as much as they have, I mean, they've been an underdog pretty much in every game they've played, and, you know, for them to, you know, for them to get to this point is obviously a testament to them, it's obviously a testament to John Harbaugh, to Flacco, to Ray Lewis, to Ray Rice, to, you know, all the, all the, the, the veterans on that team, the offensive line has been playing great. So, yeah, I mean, but you know, once again, and yeah, as you just said, you know, the, the big story in New Orleans has been Colin Kaepernick and the Forty ers So you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of juice there to that story. There's a lot of uh you know, uh that story has a lot of legs. No pun intended. But uh it's uh, it's it, it, it's great. And I, and I think I think it's just a you know, it's, it's always interesting. I think when you when you have a, a, a personality come come across like Kaepernick, kind of you know. Not necessarily coming out of nowhere, but you know, a guy who was a backup to start the season, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, they they give him the reins, and and they've been terrific with him in the lineup. So, and and, and you know, as we touched upon before, their defense is so good too. I mean, here's a good stat that I found this morning. Uh, according to ESPN, teams with a top two defense in the Super Bowl are sixteen and five when facing a team outside the top two. So. You know, again, uh, you know, the 49ers have, having the, uh, you know, the second best defense in the league this year, averaging 17.1 points a game. So, you know, it, it's, it's, I just think, you know, as good as Flacco and as good as been, as good as the, the Ravens have been, I think it's going to be really hard for them to, you know, kind of, kind of repeat that against the Niners. I, I think, uh, you know, again, as you said before, I expect the low scoring game, I expect the Niners defense to come up big, you know, maybe a pick, maybe a you know, Pump recovery uh, for for a late win, and I, I think
6: it's gonna be a great game. I really do. Well, he is. I mean, Kaepernick's the first timer of all first timers again, tenth game. I like what I see. I stood and listened uh, to him uh, not only you know not only at media day on Tuesday, but you know also got an up close and personal look at him uh, outside the locker room of the 49ers that night in Foxborough, which was you know just a, a mere less than two months ago, and uh, I really like what I see, but again, he's only human and he's never seen or experienced a week like this again. He is the star among stars and I can't wait. I mean that not for me when I sit down at you know, six thirty Eastern time, five thirty Central to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday evening. Um just dying to see how Kaepernick is gonna play with the week he has uh experienced, which is again like no other. You know, largest media contingent in history, fifty two hundred. Kapernik's the lead guy. And uh by the way, just switching subjects and back to Media Day was is simply uh I I got some quotes from Randy Moss, of course he was talking about uh making his case for being the greatest receiver in NFL history. Has often getting much play out in uh out in the world in general.
5: Yeah, it has, and uh, you know, it, 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 it raised a few eyebrows. But uh, you know, Randy Moss has always kind of been a, a polarizing figure in his career, and you know, for him to say those types of things, you know, it's really not that surprising uh, that he would think that. You know, of course, I, I think if you're if you're a, a pro athlete playing at a high level, you have to have an kind of ego, and you know, you know, maybe for, for his ego to be a little more over the top uh, than you might think it should be. you know, That's that's that's. That, that's a, a different discussion I guess but you know uh, you know certainly Jerry Rice is perceived to be the, the greatest receiver in the history of the NFL and you know Randy Moss certainly was very good in his day uh, but uh, yeah that, that did get some play you know they, it, it, it he uh, got some uh, got some raised eyebrows but uh, again I don't know how shocking it was considering the source
6: well you know um, Randy's never lacked confidence and uh, you know I wouldn't rule him out uh, of being potentially, uh, you know, uh, a sleeper star, shall we say, on Sunday night. Uh, he, we all know he's capable of doing it, and, uh, you know, he can make plays like nobody else in NFL history. So I wouldn't be stunned to see him show up. I wouldn't be stunned also to see the 49ers really, you know, obviously they haven't used him much, if I'm not mistaken, about 40 catches this year. Uh you know, I'm not going to say they've been saving them, but uh, they did sign them, and uh, if ever there was a week to uh, turn them loose, it would be Sunday. So, uh, you know, I could really see them, uh, Randy Moss, absolutely playing a role here, and, uh, you know, just can't wait to watch. And then, of course, we have the storyline of Ray Lewis and the final game of his career. Uh, obviously, since he announced that, they've been a different team. They lost four of their five, last five regular season games. And now they've just shown up big time. I mean, they're just on a, you know, inspirational journey, do it for Ray, uh, situation. And so that's going to be a massive storyline as well. So it's going to be fun.
5: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you go the, the Ray Lewis storyline, you know, when, you know, when, when, when he, when, uh, Super Bowl week began, you know, with media day, I mean, immediately we had the whole, uh, you know, supposed to kind of, it was, it was, Every kind of thought it was going to be this whole, you know, Ray Lewis, you know, victory tour, farewell kind of thing. And then, then that whole like, deer antler story came out. So, you know, everybody spent the next two days talking about that. Ah, oh, deer and, yeah, and, and story. Yeah. And, and there's, then there was the, the obligatory, you know, well, you know, harking <coughs> back to that, uh, you know, that, 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 that double murder that there was, a, that he eventually, you know, was, was deemed, uh, you know, not to be a part of, where there's the settlement and, you know, that behind. So, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have these kind of rear their head, uh, you know, that, that, that that's what happens at a big event. But, uh, you know, if he goes out, uh, a winner, you know, that, 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 that will, I think that will help cement his legacy if, uh, if the Ravens do find a way to win this game and, you know, Lewis is a factor. I mean, here's something to consider too, you know, talk about, talk about going out, on, going out on top, right? I mean, in this postseason, Ray Lewis has had 44 tackles. That's the most by any player in the NFL postseason since two thousand three. So you know it, he's he's certainly performing at a very high level, as, as, as high as he's ever performed. So um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it is you know we're talking about when are talking about solely on the field, it's a great story. And uh, you know we we all we all prefer to keep these stories on the field. You know we we'd, we'd rather talk about you know how a guy performs on the field as opposed to all the the off the field stuff. So. Um hopefully for, for for his case, for his sake, you know, it will turn out to be a memorable game for him.
6: Yeah, and another huge story, speaking of uh, Ravens legend, has been, of course, Ed Reed. He is a New Orleans native, which I don't think I realized until recently. And it's kind of funny with Ed Reed. You know, he is talking more in the last couple of weeks than I've ever heard him talk uh, in his prior career. Um, and it's nice to see him, you know, just simply out there talking, Uh Media Day on Tuesday, he was really, uh, you know, just talking away, uh, as with Terrell Suggs, by the way. I had no surprise there. But, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, the football world has gotten to know Ed Reed a little bit more here just in the last few weeks. Uh, he's He's been raised wingman both throughout his career on the playing field, but I feel like he's kind of been his wingman, you know, uh, on the mission, shall we say, in recent weeks. And, and I think it's been great, because I've always found him intriguing, obviously headed for the Hall of Fame, needless to say.
5: Yeah, uh, we actually ran a story, uh, in the Post, uh, on Ed Reed this week, talking about his childhood, you know, up, you know, uh, not too far from New Orleans. And, right. um, he was in a situation where he was taken under his wing by a uh, woman who worked at the high school that, that he went to. And she basically, you know, he had a troubled childhood, and uh, she bit, this woman basically took him in, um, you know, made sure he had his meals, made, made sure he did his homework every night, and pretty much stayed on him to be a success uh, in the classroom. And, and Ed Reed came back, pretty much came out and said, it had not been for this woman uh, in his life that played such a, such a big role. You know, who knows, he would have gotten to college, much less graduated high school, and certainly his life would have taken a very, very, very different direction. So you know, he gave a lot of credit to, to this woman this week, and uh, you know I'm sure she'll, I'm sure she's at the Super Bowl, and I'm sure the the, the other members of his family are there, and you know that's a nice story too. So you know aside, you know that, that's another thing about Super Bowl week, right? You, you wind up hearing these stories about about players that you know you may not have heard otherwise, right? Because you don't, right. you know, what other access do you have? Uh, so you know uh, when it's the focus, when especially when you have two weeks to prepare. You're gonna get, you're gonna find out things that you maybe never, never heard before, you know, some of these inspiring stories. So, uh, you know, certainly I think, uh, you
6: know, Ed Reed falls into that category, absolutely. Yep, no doubt. Well, Ed Reed, uh, you're talking about someone who could absolutely play a pivotal role on Sunday, it's Ed Reed. And, and Barry, it's, uh, hard to believe, uh, but I think we're right about at the end of our hour, and you have been wonderful. again. <laughs> I've been down here in this insular world of New Orleans and it's stuff to kind of, uh, you know, just keep up with everything. No other way to say it. So it's just great for you to call in and give your, uh, you know, outside New Orleans perspective on how the rest of the world's viewing the Super Bowl and the storyline. So, and as usual, your analysis. So once again, uh, great job. And thank you for calling in Barry.
5: Appreciate it, John. And, uh, you know, enjoy the game. And, uh, We will all be watching. should be
6: a fun weekend, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. Have a great weekend and uh, Super Bowl weekend. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern
1: time.